Hello and welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. In this episode, I will be talking to Monica Parkin. She's an award-winning international speaker and host of the Juggling Without Balls podcast. She's also the author of a book called Overcoming Awkward, The Introvert's Guide to Networking, Marketing, and Sales. And in this episode, we'll be talking to her about this book and she'll be providing some great tips to both introverts and extroverts to help them excel in their engineering careers. One lucky listener will also win a copy of the book. All you have to do is tell us why you think networking for engineers is important by leaving a comment. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm the founder of More Than Engineering, and I help engineers and technical professionals with leadership and career coaching to create meaningful careers and lives. And this is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast brought to you by EMI. It's the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Before we get started, I just want to mention that this is a free show and our sponsors help us to keep it free. So now I would like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, SSAI, Science Systems and Applications. Are you an engineer looking for an exciting career in the aerospace industry? Do you want to help design and build the next generation of satellites to monitor the health of the Earth, explore our neighbors in the solar system, and study the composition of the universe? Then you'll want to check out SSAI. From hardware to software, testing, calibration, validation, mission operations, and more. Join our team of engineers working on exciting projects such as the Dragonfly mission to Saturn's moon Titan, the capture, containment, and return systems for the next Mars sample return mission, and the Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope, which will unravel the secrets of dark energy and dark matter in our universe. SSAIers helped design, build, test, and launch the iconic James Webb Space Telescope, the most powerful telescope ever launched into space, and one that will be able to see the formation of the first galaxies and give us detailed information on potentially habitable exoplanets. Others contributed to the recently launched GOES-18 satellite, the latest in a series of weather satellites designed for better detection and monitoring of storms, hurricanes, lightning, smoke, as well as provide improved air quality warnings, safer flight paths, and more accurate monitoring of radiation hazards. If you see yourself working in a fast-paced, rewarding career that directly contributes to projects helping to improve our understanding of the world we live in, check out www.ssaihq.com today to apply for open positions. Now it's time to jump into the main segment of the episode. Monica, such a pleasure to have you here on the show. Welcome and and excited as we get started here. Would just love to hear in your own words if you can tell our listeners a little bit more about you and about your book that you wrote called Overcoming Awkward, The Introvert's Guide to Networking marketing and sales. Love to get to know you a little bit more. Thanks, Jeff. I'm happy to be here. Uh, Yeah, the book's Overcoming Awkward. When the pandemic first started, I was laying in bed one day, this social media post popped up, you know, write a book in 30 days. And I was like, ooh, I've got this book I've been wanting to write forever, but I just can't get into it. I can't motivate myself. And, you know, we're in the middle of this pandemic. I'm not commuting to and from work. I've got some extra time. thought, you know what, I'm just going to sign up for this and just see what happens. I didn't actually know what the book would be about. I just knew I had all these ideas in my head relating to business. And the first assignment for the book was what's an obstacle that you've overcome in life? Like what's something that you've overcome? Because that's the core of your book, right? And when I thought about that, 
that was my obstacle. My obstacle was this social awkwardness, this introvertedness, this shyness. That was my obstacle. And, and I had obviously overcome it or you and I wouldn't be sitting here talking to each other. That sort of realization that that was my struggle and that's what I wanted to write the book about and that that you know, if I had that problem, other people probably had that struggle too. And, and you know, whenever you've got something to, that other people can learn from that you can share, that's always a good book topic. So tell us more about like what you're doing now and, and maybe this journey about how you overcame this struggle of kind of overcoming awkward for yourself. So I don't know if uh, your listeners are aware, but I am a mortgage broker. When I first decided to become a mortgage broker, it was because I'd had this great experience with a mortgage broker, but it was an atypical experience. And I didn't realize that. We'd only communicated by email. I'd literally never talked to her on the phone. I'd never been to her office. Like for 10 years, I'd bought and sold houses without ever meeting her in person. And so I thought that's what a mortgage broker did. I thought I'd just stay home in my home office, hang out with my dog, send some emails. You know, I could continue to live in this little bubble that I lived in. I had no idea that's actually not at all what a mortgage broker does. So went to school, took the course, invested a bunch of money, did all the stuff, showed up at the office the first day. And I'm like, okay, where's my files? And they're like, yeah, no, you've got to bring clients in. You've got to go out and network and, and build a clientele and do all those things. And I was like, oh, I had no idea what this was going to be about. Yeah, just about quit that day. So how did you kind of move through that process between like, oh, this huge fear of like, oh, this is not what I expected. And now I need to go do some things that are very much outside of your comfort zone to sticking with it and moving through that process. What did that look like for you? So I'm freaking out because they've told me that, you know, you got to go out and build your own clients. And I'm like, well, it's okay. We're going to make it really easy for you. There's this chamber of commerce meeting next week. We're all going to go, you know, you can mingle, you can get to know people, all that kind of thing. So I show up at this chamber of commerce meeting. None of my coworkers are there yet. You know, I walk into the building, see the sea of people that I don't know, no idea where to stand, what to say, like how to conduct myself, turn around, walk back out to my car. And I sat there just like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I tell them I'm sick? Do I go home? Like, I don't think I can do this and have like this little mini meltdown. And uh, that was when I realized, you know, that this is something I really need to work on. Like, I'm not going to be able to continue in this career with this level of uh, social anxiety. So how I began that process is, well, so first of all, then my colleagues showed up and I had no choice. I had to go inside. At least there's some people to sit with. There's some familiarity. So, you know, I did what I learned in marketing class in school, which is, you know, walk around the room, shake people's hands, tell them about your business. You know, I'm the best mortgage broker ever. I've got the best rates, all that kind of stuff gathered up a bunch of business cards, came home that night, and I'm looking at these business cards. And I'm like, you know, like, I didn't connect with these people. I don't even really remember their names. Like, I'm never going to call them. So I throw out the cards. And as I'm throwing out the cards, I'm like, oh, if I'm throwing out their cards, like they're throwing out my cards too. Nothing that I did tonight added value to my business. I didn't make connections. I didn't build relationships. And that was kind of the minute where I was like, you know what, there's got to be a different way to do this. You know, there has to be a different process for me. This isn't right for me. If I was to dive into how I did that, the first thing I did is I called up some people in my industry that were super, super successful and said, like, what's the deal? Like, do I buy leads? Do I take out Facebook ads? We stand on the corner with a sign. Like, what's the deal? How are you guys doing billions of dollars a year? And I'm six months in and I haven't got a file yet. What's going on? And, you know, they all said the same thing, you know, first person said, 
you got to be yourself, right? And I was like, oh, for goodness sakes, like that's the stupidest advice ever, right? I was so mad. And then I call the next person and they're like, yeah, you got to just be yourself. And long story short, they all said the same thing. It was all the stupid, corny advice that I, you know, used to get in elementary school. Just be yourself. You know, the kids will like you. I had to sit with that for a few days. And what if I just try this be yourself thing, right? So on my social media and my interactions, when I go to these events, I stopped talking about business. I stopped talking about what I do for a living. And I started just being like quirky weirdo me, right? And weirdo me is like a crazy goat lady. Like I have little miniature goats. I love them. I'm this total nerd, this total tech geek. And I started to just be that person. And I started to actually connect to people and to make the genuine connections uh, to be interested in what's going on with them. There was this whole shift that happened in my business when I started to just be authentic me and, and stop putting on that business face and starting to just relate to people on a personal level. A lot of times I think people are trying to put on these facades and what we expect that the world wants us to be and, and whatever. So it's a great example there how you had to kind of realize, hey, I, I just need to be me in an authentic way. What a beautiful realization. I think all of us have to go through that at some point yeah. for sure. Yeah, because like when we're trying to be someone we're not, we're essentially telling a lie, right? Like we're telling our brain a lie. And so what's happened is just like your computer's got all these windows open and it starts freezing up because it's trying to do too many things. When your brain is trying to remember all these details that are not true about you or all these things are put on this facade, all of a sudden you actually feel awkward and you feel frozen and you don't know what to say. Whereas when you're just being you and you're talking about what you're passionate about, you're asking people about what they're passionate about, all of a sudden those conversations become a lot easier, right? And they see that and feel that. You're coming at this from the, hey, I'm an introvert, but I have to do these things that for many introverts seem to be difficult and, and hard and unnatural in many ways. But there are obviously some big differences between introverts and extroverts in, in the workplace and in careers. But how would you separate what those differences are? And is one really better than the other or are they just different? Yeah, totally. And there are big differences and the research tells us this. So traditionally, the perception is that extroverts are better at their jobs or that maybe they'll accelerate in their career faster. But when we look at the research between introverts and extroverts and what they're doing in companies and, and what they're doing in their organizations, is they're actually, they bring a lot of skill sets. They're just different skill sets. Introverts tend to be really deep listeners. They tend to be problem solvers. And they work really well, actually, surprisingly well in teams, which you'd think maybe they wouldn't. But because they have this ability to listen to every person on the team, from a client standpoint, when you're sitting across the desk from a client, if you're really listening and you're really curious, which introverts typically are, then you're finding out what the problem is. When you find out what the problem is, you can find a solution, right? And so your Bill Gates, your Warren Buffetts, all those people are introverts and highly successful because of that ability to really listen and to solve problems. A lot of people, I mean, some of the stereotypes around engineers, that's who we're talking to here, is that they are by and large more on the introvert side than extroverts. I mean, what's your experience? Would you agree with that? And do you also think that engineers and technical people need to be outgoing to be great engineers or technical specialists? As a mortgage broker, I got to tell you, in our industry, and maybe it's a bit of a, we love engineers, like, because they show up completely organized. They got all the questions answered. When you ask for something, you receive it. You know, when I ask for a T4, I will get exactly a T4, not a bunch of other stuff. So there's some of my favorite clients. And part of that is that they do ask deep questions. They understand the process. They follow directions really well. 
And when I get into a conversation with an engineer, like it's a deep, meaningful conversation. And it's not just this whole, I'm going to schmooze you over and just, this is good enough. Like it's an actual real conversation. And I think that they bring different skill sets to the table that are valuable in different ways. And uh, I had this conversation with another engineer, but yeah, it's that ability to really want to solve problems, to be curious about like, what's the solution and go solve that problem brings a whole new level of really excellence to the table. And I love that perspective and and some of the greatest engineers and also engineering leaders that I've worked with have been kind of naturally introverted. They're not the the outgoing, going to be the loudest person in the room, but the fact that they can connect with you on a deeper level and dive into the details and, and other things. And that's not to say that there aren't great engineers who are also on the extroverted side as well. I mean, they can also thrive and still be able to solve their problems and utilize some of their other skills. They're just different. Just different, right? One of them might, you know, go and shake a hundred hands in a night, make a hundred connections. And and the other person might make those connections one person, one client at a time. But like, if it's a turtle in the hair, like you're both getting to the finish line, it's just in a different way in a different time. And that difference actually can be utilized, uh, the strengths of each other to complement and build great teams and organizations, right? Yeah, 100%. Those introverted leaders that are really successful have extroverts on their team. So they'll find the problem, they'll find the solution, and then they'll send that extrovert off to go and do the the side of it that requires a lot of interaction with people at the sales side. Now, introverts, perhaps because they're a little bit quieter naturally, perhaps they can get lost or diminished in some ways if they're not supported. So What do you think that employers and companies can do to support introverts in their organizations and help them bring out their best qualities and really maximize their success? Yeah, 100%, right? It doesn't matter how good your team is. If you're not giving them the best opportunities, they're not going to be able to shine. And there there is evidence that there are some organizations where it's the extroverts get all the promotions or sometimes it's the introverts. But One is creating that authentic culture, right? Where people feel safe to be themselves. And that doesn't mean just putting out a memo like, hey, we're all going to be authentic, but a leader that actually models that. And two, asking people how they want to be communicated with. Like for me as an introvert, small talk actually makes me a little bit uncomfortable. It's really difficult for me. For an extrovert, they need that to warm up to a conversation. So like knowing who the people are in your organization, maybe you want to have a deep conversation. You want to do that annual review. Well, maybe your introvert doesn't want to start with a 15-minute small talk warm-up, and maybe your extrovert needs that. And so to understand what those communication needs are, and then maybe your introvert wants to work on a project by themselves where they can really dig in deep and get into it. Maybe they don't want to be in a group with 20 people. And figuring out you know, what those skills are and where you can place them to make it the most bang out of their personality. And sometimes that means just saying, like, what do you prefer? Like, how do you prefer to work? How do you work best? And not making assumptions. So it really is this opportunity to personalize for each person, understanding what they need to be supported and also how you can utilize their skill set and put them in the best position to succeed in different ways. I hear that. Yeah, and I guess not stereotyping, right? Because some introverts actually love public speaking. There's this thing that introverts don't love public speaking, but it's a very controlled environment. Like it's not a two-way conversation. If you've got a lot of information about a topic, you can present it without being interrupted, without having to, some introverts love public speaking, some don't. So again, it, it goes back to asking the questions. I want to switch here and, and go towards networking. Like you as an introvert had to go through and figure out how do I network in this meaningful way to build real connections, not just grab business cards. 
And engineers, perhaps, they're not necessarily, although in some cases they might be selling services for their organizations, but they still have to sell ideas and make connections that can help them understand things. So what do you think are the things that are really important for engineers to know about networking, why that's important, and how they could utilize that skill, even if it's not something that they naturally enjoy? The first thing to remember is that people buy relationships, not products, right? So they buy based on a relationship, not based on rarely does someone say, I'm going to choose this designer, this engineer, this plumber, whatever, because of the Yellow Pages ad or because of the product that they offer. It's usually because you know that person and you have a connection and you trust them. So first piece is a piece we talked about, right? That being your authentic self. The other thing I figured out along the way is, and it's super easy and it's cheap and it's free, but people notice people who notice them, right? So if you're just walking around talking about yourself all the time, like, but when you elevate other people, right? So one of the first things that I started to do, and I stumbled across this by accident, is is just seeing what I can do to support other people. So maybe I go for dinner and I have a a great meal and I leave a review for that restaurant. Like that was one thing I just stumbled on by accident. I left this great Google review. I shared it. I went back a couple of weeks later and that restaurant owner was like, oh my gosh, I saw your review. I appreciated it. People came in asking for that dish. And two months later, I actually get a mortgage from his daughter because, or someone's putting on a seminar, they're doing an event. And I go, hey, I know this person. It's fantastic. Go see it. They notice that I notice them and People want to support the people that support them and it costs you nothing. And it seems like this little tiny, silly thing, but it actually, the sense of reciprocity is real. Like it's built into our human condition. And when someone does something for us, we kind of subconsciously look for something that we can do for them, or we notice them now they're on our radar. Someone reaches out to me and says, oh, I love your book. It was awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Like I'm immediately Google searching their name. Who is this person? They must be great. It just builds this sense of familiarity and then getting involved, right? Like your business is only as good as your community. So whatever that thing is that you're passionate about, whether it's kids hockey or it's a local homeless shelter or it's arts, whatever it is, get involved in it. That's where you're going to meet people on a really personal level, like sitting on those committees, working on projects together. You get to A, you get to know people and B, you get to let your skills shine. Like whatever that thing is that you're really good at, they get to see that wow, he is a super good organizer. He's super detail-orientated. Or when he says he's going to call, he calls or she always follows up. Like people get to see that about you. And it's a great way to network without actually like walking around handing out cards. I love that idea of like paying it forward or finding ways to support each other. Because really in the end, networking is just about building relationships. And what's, I mean, there's there's hardly better ways to build relationships and, and build connection with people than helping them in some way. And what a yeah. beautiful way to start that. And like, I'm in the real estate business. So I use this analogy of the neighborhood, right? If I have a house, it doesn't matter how beautiful my house is, how great the value is. If my neighborhood is falling apart, if my neighborhood looks like crap or my neighbor's lawn isn't mowed, like my property value goes down. So if my community is in good shape, my industry is in good shape, you know, even doing things like this where you're educating people in your industry, you're actually building the strength of your own business when you do that, right? Just like you build your own property value when your neighbor's place looks better. So also think about just generally, like obviously communication skills are quite important in, in all areas of life and careers and business. And so for those engineers out there who might feel like they don't have great communication skills or they're not sure how to put themselves out there, whether that's public speaking or on a one-on-one situation, if they're just unsure about that, do you have any advice that you would give to them on how to improve and work on their communication skills? 
practice, 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 right? Like I did not start out like this. I, you know, my first Toastmasters meeting, I went in, sat down and went, mm-mm not doing this. I think I went home and then the next day I came, but I didn't speak. Like we don't learn to get good at anything by not doing it. Right. No one becomes a world-class soccer player by not practicing. And so for me, it was practicing on a tiny, tiny level. Like the first day I literally said, I think I'm going to talk to the clerk at the grocery store today. Cause I'd never done that before. Right. And then the next day it was like, you know what, maybe I'll talk to my neighbor at the mailbox and nothing terrible happened. So I noticed, okay, nothing awful happened. It turned out. Okay. And then every day I would just notch it up a little bit, notch it up a little bit and just start building those skills, but build them in a really safe way so that when I finally needed to talk to someone, not important, but you know what I mean? It became easier for me. And then now when I go to a networking event, because where I tend to freeze is the small talk stuff. Like once I get talking to someone and it's, we're talking about something they're passionate about, I can keep that conversation going. But small talk is still a struggle for me. So I will actually make a list of questions before I leave, you know, things that I could ask someone so that my brain doesn't go blank when I get there I'm and I'm standing next, someone walks up to me. I'm just not like, oh, I don't know what to say. Then I've got a question like, hey, your business is really interesting. What made you want to get into that? Or like, I've got a bunch of questions already prepared and ready to go so that it's easier. It's like preparing for an exam. The other thing I heard there was when you were talking about kind of starting small with these small conversations, you're like, hey, nothing terrible happened. It's interesting behind that, a lot of times we assume that if I do this, then something terrible is going to happen. But taking these actions and almost running experiments or tests against those things that challenge those beliefs or assumptions allows us to break down those beliefs so they don't have as much power over us to keep us inside ourselves so much, right? Yeah, it's that mindset shift, right? Because I used to wake up every morning thinking, I freaking hate people. I hate talking to people. And at the end of the day, I would have all these reasons why I shouldn't talk to people. So I was like, okay, today you're going to tell yourself you like people, you like talking to people. And then at the end of the day, I would catalog like what good came out of this. Oh, I talked to the cashier and she told me there was a sale on today. That worked out for me. And then every day, notice what worked out. And then you're just, yeah, you're building on that. So for engineers who might think about this, it's a way of accumulating and collecting data against an idea. And that data is going to tell you a story more than what your assumptions about what might happen is actually going to tell you. So that's a a beautiful thing. Yeah. Monica, this has been such a fun conversation so far. At this point, we're going to transition over to the Take Action Today segment of the show where we'll get one final piece of actionable advice from you. All right, now we'll go to our Take Action Today segment of the show. Monica, we've had a fun conversation talking about introverts and networking and reaching out to people and communication. As we leave off here, what's that final piece of actionable advice that you could give to our listeners in order to help them really take some positive steps towards improving their connections and communication skills? Yeah, Jeff, thanks for that question. You know, it's a little bit of repetition or summary, but it's take that first baby step. Like, what is that first baby step you're going to talk to? Who is that person you're going to talk to today? And um, what's that connection that you're going to make? Are you going to join something in your community? Are you going to talk to that? Are you going to, instead of maybe just talking to that client across the desk and just giving them the information, like, what's the question you could ask them about their life or about, you know, something that they're passionate about and just start a deeper conversation? Like, what's that little thing that you can do to just go a little deeper than you are now? Yeah, you got to start somewhere and just taking a small step to get on the road is where we begin. So that's excellent. Well, Monica, this has been such a fun conversation. 
people are interested in, in diving in more to what you have to share in your book or other resources, where would you point them? It's really simple. It's just my website. So it's just monicaparkin.ca, uh, Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A-P-A-R-K-I-N, just like it sounds. And you can find a link to the book uh, podcast. It's also on Audible for those people that don't like to read. The Audible versions actually does uh, much better than the paperback version. I guess that's an indication of our busy society. But yeah, you can find it all on the website there, monicaparkin.ca. Well, thanks so much for being here with us and for all of your fabulous insights here. We wish you nothing but continued success and connections in your world. So thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I really hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. You can go to www.engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in the episode as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books that we mentioned. And don't forget to check out any upcoming live webinars also at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Additionally, for any engineers who are struggling and need help taking the next career step, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.